Hello, this is Grain to Plate, a podcast that covers everything food from the first grain to the final plate. Episode 7, And Then You Grow Your Own. Part 1, The Business. This is a continuation of the GMO series, from the March Against Monsanto to the Grow Your Own Festival that happened in Las Vegas, Nevada. I highly suggest that you go back and listen to previous episodes, so that way you're completely caught up and understand the evolution of this debate. So for this part, I've decided to break it up into three sections to completely cover the Grow Your Own Festival that took place on October 1st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Part one will be the business, part two, the growers, and part three, the people. So in part one, I'm going to cover the businesses that I spoke to that took part in the Grow Your Own Festival, from the independent kitchens, the professional restaurateurs, and the underground chefs. Now the common theme of the Grow Your Own Festival was not just showing consumers another way to separate themselves from GMOs, but there was also a very heavy undercurrent that highlighted the vegan market as well as the vegan lifestyle. So for this part, I'm going to go over the business aspect. So I held off recording the opening for part one because I had this romantic idea that tonight's debate, that at least one of the candidates would touch upon either the food issues or GMOs, so then I could expand upon what they talked about. But again, sadly, food issues were left out. Now, it is very sad because the GMO debate is a very important issue for all of us as it affects what we eat. Now, as you will hear, the GMO-free lifestyle is heavily tied in with the organic food culture. Part of that is that regulations for organic foods also are directly tied in to GMOs. Now, no matter what side you are on the debate, The way that the regulations are now, GMO-free and organic go hand in hand. For this episode, I want to play the interviews with minimal interruptions by myself to give you a better audio experience of the festival itself. So to start, I spoke to a very ambitious, self-driven chef whose goal is to provide vegan meals in a format that is convenient and accessible to those who are in need of the service. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm Mindy with Vegan Meals by Mindy, and I do vegan meal prep. Okay. So I cook one day a week. So what's your delivery schedule then? My delivery, I do all deliveries on Monday. Usually I try to get them all in before noon so people can have their lunch on Monday. And then so say vegan meal or someone who's vegan they want to plan out a week can they order order for multiple days yeah or is it just Monday well the work? way it works is my menu is posted on my website and Facebook on Wednesdays on Wednesday evenings usually as soon as it goes live people can either text me special orders or place their order online and pay for it and then they can order up till noon on Saturday tomorrow I cook with my entire team in a great big commercial kitchen and then I deliver on Monday, or um, sometimes my friends come pick up from my house in Summerlin. Oh, okay. So then you have your meals for the week. My meals come in sets of three, five, ten, even fifteen, and I do family size as well. Okay. So now, why did you choose to be a vendor, have a booth here at the Grow Your Own Festival? It's a great way to get exposure and to kind of get involved with the community. Also gives people a chance who don't always get a chance who order my food to. Uh, buy my shirts and check out what I have, all different vegan apparel. 
Now, do you use only organic produce or is it a mix? I'm primarily vegan, or not, not, excuse me, vegan, but organic. And the reason I say primarily is because when I build my menu on Wednesday, I have to go shopping. Generally, I shop today on Saturdays, but um, it's a matter of finding everything. So I am not all organic, but I am mostly organic. If the option's there, I'm gonna buy the organic. Now, do you have any partnerships with local farms or any local growers or any CSAs, if you will? No, unfortunately I don't. I would like to, if anybody's listening and they like to reach out to me, I would like that. But again, it goes, I build my menu and then I have to locate everything. Now, who I do partner up with uh, locally is Food Not Bombs. Every week, all of my excess produce that I don't use, I donate to Food Not Bombs every single week. So they take that and in turn feed the homeless with them. Okay. So, and I'm pretty much a minimal waste kitchen. I compost, I haul to a local farm and they compost for me and I recycle as well as donate. So the amount of waste my company generates is minimal because we are trying to be as green as possible. So now how long have you been in business? Two years. Tomorrow is my two year official anniversary. Yay. So what was the, I guess, what sparked the idea? What made you want to get into this? Well, I did on the side. I used to work an office job and sit on my butt all day long. And then on the weekends, I would do meal prep because I did a couple bodybuilding shows back. This was when I was a carnivore when I used to eat meat. And then when I went vegan, I fired the company up. I just switched all around and fired up vegan and made it my sole source of income. And I'm like, I'm going to really put my heart and soul into it because I found out what was going on with the commercial farming world and with um, the environmental aspects and the animal aspects. I am an ethical vegan though. I'm, I'm vegan for the animals. So now this has been referred to as the evolution of the revolution from, you know, anti-GMO. Yes. So what is your stance on GMOs? Oh, Monsanto, I was just watching, uh, I think it's called No GMO. Uh, just last night on Netflix, which Netflix has been awesome about getting all these documentaries out there, and I get mad. Like every time I watch them, I get mad because what, what's gone on is just so wrong. And to have a monopoly over seeds and farmers controlling farmers the way they are is shocking. And it is up to like small companies like me, and we can't make a huge difference, but at least we can make a small difference. And again, not just educate people about veganism, but what is going on in the farming world is unacceptable. And the more people talk about it, the more we become aware, the more we can do something and educate others. I think we can make a difference because it's not acceptable. And that is what makes me want to find local farmers and local vendors that can sell me the produce based upon my menu, or I can even work with them and see what's currently um, in season and what they have enough that I can make, you know, stretch that into my hundred and some meals every single Sunday. Now my second interview is with a restaurant with a very ambitious chef and owner whose belief in the benefits of an organic and GMO-free diet goes back well before the trend was on an uptick. My name is Joshua Cohen and I'm with El Dorado Cantina. Okay, great. And how long have you been open? We've been open a little over two years now. So now as a restaurant, what was behind the decision to decide to be a sustainable, organic, non-GMO and to advertise it? Uh, well, the owner of the restaurant has been organic for a number of years now, uh, predating all the uh, contemporary hype around uh, sustainability and organic culture. 
So when he opened this restaurant, he saw it as not only important, but as a public service to provide an outlet for people that were concerned about genetically modified ingredients and pesticides and hormones and all that stuff, but still wanted to enjoy a fine dining atmosphere, and particularly a Mexican fine dining atmosphere, since there aren't a whole lot of really great uh, Mexican fine dining restaurants in Las Vegas, and there's certainly none that provide organic and non-GMO ingredients. So we, we saw it as, as an opportunity and as a, an important challenge. So, do you work with any local farmers for your produce? Um, as of now, no. Um, we do so much volume that it's almost uh, impossible to find people that can uh, provide the quantity uh, of ingredients that we need at the prices that we need in order to uh, keep everything moving. <laughs> now, I want to cut in here for a moment. Prior to this podcast, I was a professional gourmet commodity buyer. Most of my career of buying food was in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it is quite a struggle to have a connection with farmers and producers when operating in the desert. We do not have the luxury of having a working relationship with farmers and growers directly because of the sheer volume and our natural climate. Now later in this series, we will discuss how Nevada does have a much longer sweet spot, if you will, of a growing season. However, When you're producing food and meals on a large scale, finding local vendors who can produce the amount that you need is quite difficult. So it is a struggle for any local restaurant that wants to commit to an organic and or GMO-free menu. But we do have a lot of great partners out of um, California and nearby that provide us the organic produce and the... uh, the natural and non-GMO never ever meats that we use for all of our dishes. So now being that you are is a completely non-GMO organic, have you seen customers who come to you for that reason? Have you got any feedback saying this is exactly Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, a lot of um, the marketing that we do, we try to feature that aspect of the restaurant. Um, we try to cover both the traditional Mexican fine dining aspect that our chef specializes in and that goes back in his family for generations. But we also try to specify that we take those traditional recipes and flavors and we filter it through the mindset of of contemporary, organic, sustainable, um, green, uh, whatever adjectives you want to use um, through that mindset as well. So. Um, we have some billboards around town that you might have seen that say that we uh, support sustainable, local, uh, organic um, cuisine. And a lot of this, the events that we do, like this Grow Your Own Festival, we, uh, we try as best we can to partner with local groups and local events that make this an issue. Okay. So now, as uh, an organization that is focusing on GMO-free products, sourcing, and of that nature. So how do you, I would say not confirm, but certify your products to be GMO-free? Do you go through only certain certified vendors? Do you need documentation? Yes, we 
only sourced from vendors that have the the USDA certified um, organic or uh, GMO free um, verified uh, documentation. So all of our produce venues have provided that information to us. We have backups at the restaurant. We actually don't have a problem with anyone that might want to be doubly certain and may want to ask like, well, where exactly did the pineapples come from or your cilantro or your chicken or whatever. We, we always want to provide more information than uh, people may even necessarily want. <laughs> we, you know, we feel that education is really important and um, probably one of the more important aspects of the restaurant besides just keeping people fed and happy. Um, like um, all the chicken is um, Mary's organic uh, free range chicken. We source the beef currently from Sunfit Ranch and they're known for um, their organic uh, cow stock, um, natural, never ever pesticide, or not pesticides, uh, hormones, um, growth, steroids, any of that horrible stuff. Um, all the dairy is certified organic dairy. Um, corn chips, we get. We have a vendor that has certified non-GMO corn chips that we, we purchase from them strictly. Um, on our website, actually, we list all of our vendors and we keep that current. I'm uh, Chef Steve, Stephen Cordaro, uh, with Human Food 702. Okay, so this is actually our first real event we've actually done. Um, We've been planning it for first time that I've done anything like this, and I've actually been I've been dreaming about doing this for. So now working in the culinary industry, do you see that there is a more of a growing trend of vegan restaurants and vegan style restaurants and catering organizations now than before? Absolutely, especially right now. Like uh, I said it about one year ago, um, and it's still true to this day. Uh, it couldn't be a better time to be vegan because with all the new products, all the new restaurants, all the new stores, even new stores are opening up. It's, it's becoming uh, easier, ac easily accessible for just anyone to eat better. Not necessarily be vegan or vegetarian, but becoming more conscious and just knowing what goes in your body and okay okay well my name is Carrie Whittle um, I am a vegan chef Kiki's Kitchen um, I just recently graduated from Le Cordon Bleu so I have my associates um, yeah it's it's nice to be in the culinary industry doing something very different and especially obviously what Le Cordon Bleu would be is you know old-school French cooking and stuff so it's just um right now is a great time to um, evolve and revolve with the vegan scene and just you know people are being more conscious about what they're putting in their bodies and we're ready to cook it for them so it's good from Cordon Bleu yes how do you feel that you can separate yourself from the fact that everything like my background is food purchasing so everything's food yeah with such a high cost and thing going organic non-traditional GMO free how do you think that that can keep the restaurant business sustainable like do you think as a chef like as a, a roaming chef as a pop-up chef um you know I so you know our food used to be organic that's you know we we are forced to start labeling things organic and I and what's amazing about this revolution and here at Vegas Roots and and the grow your roots grow your own festival 
is it starting to rise up. So it's it's all about supply and demand. You know, if we're starting to demand more organic food on our tables and what we serve, then that means the prices of our food are going to go down. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, you go to the grocery store and you're buying um, a $5 pack of organic compared to a dollar, you know. Uh, we, you really have to switch the minds of the people buying it. And, and ultimately, we have the power, you know what I'm saying? We're, people are told that they must do this or they gotta buy this, and, and it's not that factor. It's it's our choice, and, and it's the most important choice of all. You know, what we put in our bottles, bodies, we are what we eat. So if we're eating pesticides and everything, you know, all these different chemicals, it's, it's horrible for us. So something like this is gonna help those prices of organic foods come down so that it is, um, Appliable for everybody to buy most definitely so from here we're gonna go to part two the growers where you will hear my discussion with the people that want to change the mindset of urban farming and who want to show local Las Vegas residents that it is possible to not just grow your own food but to possibly look at growing organic produce you'll hear conversations with farmers that can come to your home and show you how to Grow Produce in Las Vegas, Nevada, the farm that hosted the event, and how you can use their land to grow your own produce, as well as one of the most colorful and interesting farmers I have ever come across, with the simple motto, it'll grow, because eventually it will. And then part three, we're going to talk to the people that are looking to make a change through urban farming. Politician who's looking at urban farming as a platform of reform to help those in need, as well as how urban farming can help vets suffering with PTSD. All very important food issues that we all face, no matter where you live. Thank you for listening to this episode. Part two and three will be coming very shortly. And yes, I have taken a break from the Rachel Carson series. However, it will continue. And a very special thank you to... Okay, again, I'm Mindy with Vegan Meals by Mindy, and people can just find my website, veganmealsbymindy.com. Again, Wednesdays, the menu's posted, and that's when they can order all the way up until noon. So they can still, if they're local, get in the order at noon, and they could either pick it up or I can deliver it tomorrow. But yeah, give it a try. You don't have to be vegan to like my food. You just, you don't need meat or dairy or eggs. You need your vegetables. So that's what I like to remind people. You can live without all that, but let me help make your veggies tasty. Uh, my name is Joshua Cohen with El Dorado Cantina. We're located at 3025 Sammy Davis Jr. Drive, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. That's on Sammy Davis Jr. Drive, formerly uh, named Industrial Road, just behind the Circus Circus. And um, I think that's all I got. Okay, perfect. <laughs> all right. My name is Steve, Chef Steve with Human Food 702, vegan catering, vegan pop-ups, meal prep, vegan consultant, and my Instagram account is humanfood702, and you can reach me at 702-482-0260. Uh, yes, no problem. My name is Carrie Woodall. I'm with Kiki's Kitchen. This episode has been produced by myself, Jonathan Tatum. R.I.P. Charlie Hustle.